Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, jockeying for Trump's endorsement. Also, is the lottery dead? And an Oscar winner has a word for lawmakers. Now go get drunk and take credit at all the parties. I would never do uh, that to you. Junkie. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> there he is. Okay, there he is. There he is. Go have fun. All go right. Fun. Oh, we're having a... No slapping. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter at APR. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hi. Well, uh, we will be back in the studio in beautiful downtown Montgomery next week. This will be our last show uh, uh, for now, uh, oh. outside of beautiful downtown Italy. So well, there you go. Uh, yeah, how about that? Nicely done. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're excited to get back to the studio. We we want to be we want to be like the rest of the state and believe that COVID is now well and far <laughs> behind us. That's right. Yeah. It's just you pretend like it's not there. You you know, no problem at all. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Josh, you, you wrote a column about this this week, and I, I thought it was very poignant and probably made any number of our Republican friends uh, blow a gasket. I, I think there's a run on duct tape to put heads back together. But right now, since former President Donald Trump pulled his uh, uh, endorsement of Mo Brooks, Katie Britt and Mike Durant are jockeying for the former president's endorsement. And it seems to me and I think you pointed this out uh, very succinctly in your column, that we are seeing the worst kind of pandering from these candidates that we can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we are. It's, uh, you know, what what took place uh, in the lead up to the 2020 election uh, and then in the immediate aftermath of that, um, you know, has is now being kind of fleshed out uh, for all the world to see. And we've seen a lot of the comments from people that we heard from Mo Brooks himself just last week, uh, you know, where he, where he talked about uh, the illegal process that Donald Trump wanted him to undertake with other members of Congress to over to remove Joe Biden from office uh, and, yeah. and, you know, basically hold a new, a new election. And, you know, it's just I, you know, you're pandering to, to people who don't really care about law. Uh, they don't care about the Constitution. Uh, they just want their person to win. Um, and that's what's happening with a large group of Republicans in this state. Uh, there's a large, I'm not saying it's, it's a majority necessarily, but it's a large group of people there uh, in this state who, who they don't care about what actually took place. They don't care about the audits that have been done of this election. They don't care to know the, the actual facts of this matter. They just want to be told that their guy won and that you believe it too. And that's what right now Katie Britt and Mike Durant are running around doing. And I mean, and, and in Mike Durant's case, I mean, this was a man who was a friend with, with John McCain. 
who's listened, yeah. who is a POW and who has listened to uh, Donald Trump say that he likes soldiers who weren't captured. How can you put that aside? I don't, I don't understand it. How can you put that aside? Well, Susan, I mean, we, we have Mike Durant on tape saying that on a podcast, mm-hmm. saying that uh, President, it, it, it is in fact President Joe Biden that he won the election. And now he's coming back and saying, well, no, he didn't win the election. It was stolen. I mean. Interesting, the timing on that. It was right after he uh, threw his endorsement of Brooks that Durant started realizing that, oh, well, maybe the 2020 election was stolen. Yeah. I mean, this is a pandering worse than anything I've ever seen. You know, as a a young man, I I remember uh, Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan sort of embodied the dignity, whether you liked him or not, the dignity that was the Republican Party for many, many, many years. And now that sort of dignified, uh, thoughtful, uh, philosophical approach to Republican governance is just gone, Susan. I mean, you remember that too. I remember it. I remember it was very calm, very dignified, very statesmanlike. And basically now it's like everybody is scrambling at the bottom of the bowl to be the one that gets the P, the one P that they need out of the bottom of all those P's to win. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you have to do, who you have to elbow in the face, or, or, or what you have to say to get that win. It doesn't matter how corrupt that one orange P is, uh, you know, it just, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that, that what we're doing here, it just, you know, uh, it, it would be, and people know, that's what kills me is people, people know that this is, that it's not right. People know it and they, they, they will tell you, well, they're just playing a part because they've got to play this part until no, you know, the, the primary is over. You know, they know it. You, you listen, you talk to most people and most, the majority of Republicans will tell you with a straight face that, that all these guys know it and they know what they're doing. But they do it privately. None of them have the <clears throat> uh, guts to come out and actually say it publicly. And that that's the problem that and I can't imagine a world, I mean, I can't imagine a world, it's called dictatorship, mm-hmm. where one yep. man, one individual has so much power over individuals that they're afraid to speak the truth, mm-hmm. even though it's there. I mean, I, I, again, I go back to the, the fact that the Republican Party, <coughs> excuse me, that I grew up with was the party of laws respecting laws and precedent. Mm-hmm. If you look at the history of the Republican Party, the Republican Party always looked at past precedent as to how to conduct the future. Right. And and now, I mean, George Washington set the precedent, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> and, and people after that, people who lost races, uh, yes. you know, in the past, Dignified. set the precedent of standing down when they lost. I mean, can, Donald Trump was never going to do that. Uh, just think of Hillary Clinton for a second, you know, who had to concede to Donald Trump, you know, and she did. She made the phone call and said, you know, this is, listen, you're on a good race and it's over. And, um, you know, but a federal judge last week wrote in, in, a, in a civil case, in a civil opinion, you know, wrote that this was unprecedented, that, he, that President Trump and his attorneys, 
they had concocted a plan that they knew was outside the bounds of any legal theory. They were only searching for enough votes to win the election and keep him in office. That's all they were doing. This was not some right. some legal, some grand legal theory that they were chasing. They were just looking for enough votes, and he based it upon his phone call that was recorded by the Georgia Secretary of State, where he just said simply, look, man, I just need, and he, he named out the 11,000 vote number that he needed to win that election in, in that state. And- uh, you know, and that's what he was doing. That's what he was chasing was just enough votes to win and stay in office. And the problem is, is that it's being touted and, and these people are pandering. Steve Marshall went to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and stood there in front of the world and said that that would not say that Joe Biden was the duly elected president of the United States. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm Donald Trump and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are a few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. Welcome back to the beat the voice of Alabama politics. I, I gotta tell you, there are times when I read bills and I'm so stunned, I don't know if it is 1860 or 1960 or 2022. But Josh, you, you me and Susan were looking at a bill by Representative Arnold Mooney that, that says that Alabama wants to, to declare its sovereignty from the United States of America. Uh, now, I always thought they were sovereign states within inside the United States of America. And I thought we settled this by, by blood some years ago. It seems ago. like I remember something about but that. But it yeah. seems, I don't even, is this secessionist talk or is this segregationist talk? I mean, what in the, what does it mean? Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's again, it's this struggle that we have in this state. Um, and there, there are some other states that also have this struggle, it seems, uh, that uh, where we, we don't want to do what, it, what we have determined throughout the United States to be the right thing to do uh, in a lot of cases. And so we just don't want to do it. Uh, you know, we've had this problem with uh, interracial marriage, uh, you know, the voting rights for black Americans, uh, gay rights. Uh, we've had all sorts of things that we don't want to do and have been forced to do by the federal government uh, that have made us a better state. I think that most people would now agree looking back on th- these things made us a better state. Uh, but we don't want to do them and we want to stomp our feet, uh, but we still want the money. 
please keep sending right. us the money right. because if you right. don't, we'll be broke here. Okay, please keep sending us the money. I mean, I just, I read that bill and I said, I don't know. I mean, it I sounds I the Battle Hymn of the Republic playing in the back of my mind the whole time. Well, I don't know if you'd hear that. I think you'd hear Dixie. Well, Dixie. 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 They I don't usually know mix that, them together. They, they but... did like the Battle Hymn of the Republic. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good thing. Hey, this Susan is a good one. I, I like this one. This is one by Dr. Death, Larry Stutz. Uh, of course it is. Who, who never looks for an opportunity not to subjugate women. Right. But Larry Stutz has a bill that says women who receive a prescription for medical cannabis, medical marijuana, uh, they have to provide a negative pregnancy test at the dispensary, you know, to get their prescription. Can you help me walk first me through all, how that works out? First of all, Dr. Larry Stutz is one of the most out of touch people with health I've ever known to be a physician. Well, he was a veterinarian to begin with. So. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, enough said on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're asking uh, people at the dispensary who are given a prescription from a doctor to dispense a pregnancy test that the woman, from my understanding, has to take on site. Uh, who's going to watch to make sure that she, you know, that she didn't take her friend's urine in? Uh, what doctor is not going to know that his patient is pregnant dispensing medical marijuana? I I'm confused here. I mean, Josh, yeah. is this a case of weed and we or we and weed? You know, what, I'll tell you what it is. It's another uh, just a, another piece of fear mongering around marijuana. That's all it is. It's, it's another piece of, uh, of, of somebody who was against this. Larry, Larry Stutz was famously against the approval of medical marijuana, even though other physicians, including uh, the person who sponsored the bill, Tim Melson, uh, who is also a physician, uh, with not nearly the sordid history of Larry Stutz, I might add. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, this is, he was against this. He was against this. And so now he, he continues to every chance he gets to paint marijuana in some great negative light. Uh, when we all know, uh, anybody that has studied any portion of marijuana usage versus opioid usage versus other drug usage in this state, we all know that marijuana is probably one of the least addictive, least deadly substances that you can ingest in your body. And people have used it for all sorts of ailments, and we have seen great strides in, in the medical community over the last few years in using medical marijuana to treat all sorts of illnesses, including some illnesses among pregnant women, I might add, which this bill would prevent them from getting that treatment. And so they would have to go to a, a harsher uh, drug that they would have to ingest while they were pregnant because they couldn't use marijuana. It just, to me, it's one more barrier between a doctor, their patient, and, and again, pregnant women make choices of what to do. They mm -hmm. do. Uh, uh, Alabama. And let's not make a mistake here that all pregnant women are healthy women. Right. That's not the case. I mean, we have a neighbor that while she was pregnant had cancer. Okay, yeah. that happens. There is a there's medical marijuana treatment for certain types of cancer. Please, you mm -hmm. want to run to the pharmacy and get something that could probably, yeah. you know, more endanger the baby than right. and there, marijuana. There are all sorts of scenarios around this too. You know, I've known people who were smokers who became pregnant, and their doctors told them that they might actually put more stress on their baby and their pregnancy by stopping smoking during mm -hmm. the pregnancy yeah. so to limit it as much as they could but to continue on with it but these are unique mm -hmm. decisions that are made between patients and doctors so Doc. let them do it 
You I know. It? Oh I my know. God, he said it out loud. I, I think that's the big thing here. You know, and another thing that's come up this week, and I don't want to dwell on this too long, but people need to be aware of this, is that uh, the federal government is about ready to cut off all, all COVID-19 aid and that people without insurance mm -hmm. are going to have problems getting tests, vaccinations, mm -hmm. and the such. Uh, ADHP has said this week that we have plenty of free vaccines still available for folks and plenty of free tests. But Josh, if the federal government doesn't move, we're going to have a lot of uninsured Alabamians who are going to have real problems getting the necessary medication they need. Absolutely, we are. And I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very, very disappointed uh, in, in the Biden administration and some Democrats. Now, obviously, Republicans were uh, have their fair share of this as well. But I'm, I'm very disappointed that this was not made a, a bigger priority, along with some other things that happened during the pandemic uh, that we're not extending, like the universal school lunch program. Uh, and some other things that's, good, that's really going to impact a lot of poor families out there and, and help with the spread of COVID. Again, one of the things, Susan, we talked about during COVID is that this was an us disease. It's not a my disease. This is the best way to fix this pandemic was for us all pull in the right direction, same direction. That's not happened. But this is going to be catastrophic if something doesn't happen. It is going to be catastrophic. And remember, these vaccines, although they have them still, they will expire. It's not like they're going to have them forever. Right. right. So once the time is up on those, those are gone. And whether the federal government uh, decides to come in and, and reassist in that or not, this is a time to make some serious, serious decisions yep. in All your right. health care and your family. I'm sorry. We have to leave it right there. You're watching The V. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. I'm Donald Trump, and I love Alabama. As many of you know, there are few issues facing our nation as important as election integrity and election fraud. This is why the people of the great state of Alabama must work together to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. So get out, register to vote, and get a photo ID so you can make your voice heard and decide the future of our great country. Thank you. Of Alabama politics. Uh, there was some good news coming out of the House this week about for women. Uh, it, a bill passed that said that the state uh, correctional facilities will no longer shackle incarcerated women during their pregnancy. Hallelujah. Finally, finally. I mean, it's not like a woman in labor is going to go running down the road, you know, <laughs> it's barbaric. It, it was absolutely a barbaric practice to shackle women while they're in the later months of pregnancy and while they're being transported in labor to a facility to, to, to have their child. 
I mean, Josh, it's still got to pass the Senate. Do you think the Senate will uh, to see the barbarity of shackling pregnant women, even though they're incarcerated? Well, I hope so. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about some of their other bills, so I, uh, it seems as though they have time, uh, you know, to maybe do something decent uh, for a change. And listen, here, here's the thing that people need to understand about it is that nothing says that you cannot still restrain uh, you know, the, the prisoners uh, and the incarcerated women uh, there, even when they're pregnant, you can still restrain them. You simply can't shackle yeah. them and tie their feet up uh, to the point where they can, uh, it's easier for them to trip and fall. Right. Uh, you right. know, I don't know if you've ever been around many pregnant women, but it's, you know, they, they have some problems uh, walking at times because they're carrying another human being inside of them. Uh, yeah. So, you know, maybe give them a little bit of help. And I, I think, you know, if, if the right people get behind this, I think, you know, there are decent people there. So hopefully there the Senate will take this thing up and, and, and get it passed because it's the right thing to do. It is. It is. Uh, Susan, gaming. <laughs> dead again. Is anybody surprised? Is anybody surprised it's dead again? It, they keep bringing it up and it keeps dying. Keep bringing it up and it keeps dying. I mean, how many people are making money off this? A lot of people. A lot but, of people. Yeah. But the state of Alabama is not, unfortunately, Josh, but it looks like any type of gaming bill is dead for the session. Yeah, you know, it uh, it just got bogged down, uh, you know, with the, with the lottery bills, uh, the lottery-only bill that, that came up. And, and you know, I, I, honestly, I, I feel like that they were pretty close to uh, to putting it on the on the back burner anyway. Uh, the comprehensive bill I'm talking about, uh, that they were, they were, uh, were going to put it on the back burner anyway and try to wait on a special session maybe sometime in the summer. Uh, but, you know, I, I hope hopefully we can get to that. Uh, hopefully we can devote a session to this, go in, hammer this thing out and get it done. Because, look, when you're talking about this comprehensive bill, I mean, you're talking about a billion dollars a year uh, almost and and 12,000 jobs uh, at, mm -hmm. at some places that are currently paying, you know, 14 to $15 an hour with full benefits. So the, these are good jobs. Matter of fact, most of the people right now have uh, are worried if this passes that they wouldn't have enough workers to fill all the slots. So, yeah. You know, I, I just think that, that we, this is something we need to take a look at because you're putting these things in some in some areas that could really use the industry. Um, and, and I hope this is something that we can come back to because we're losing money on it. Well, I, I think and I think the wise thing from my perspective is come back in, say, June mm -hmm. of the, the summer, bring yeah. everybody back in, put this bill, this one bill on the call from the governor mm -hmm. and let's hammer it out like we have other big issues right. mm -hmm. and, and get this done once and for all because we have gaming, we're just not getting any money off of it. Yeah. And we yeah, need and to I, legalize it and tax it. Yeah, and I, I think that the governor's office also needs to tell them that we're not, we're not entertaining the idea of a lottery only. Uh, out of this because it doesn't make any sense to do only no. a lottery in this fashion because we've got to get some regulation and some consistency in our casino gambling that's taking place around the state. Yeah. And, and if they do it in June, that's enough. And remember, this is a bill that, that the governor doesn't sign off on. This is a bill that goes straight to the people and the people vote on whether they want this or not. Right. right. <clears throat> when it goes to the legislature, that's not the end all be all. It has to be voted on in November like everything else. Yeah, I mean, voting on a uh, a paper lottery or suggesting a paper lottery is like suggesting that your brother-in-law get into a Pontiac Buick, Pontiac dealership. <laughs> yeah, just not, not a great idea. Uh, good news, bonuses for state uh, retirees and teachers, Josh. 
Yeah, that's a man. There, there's some uh, there's some happy happy teachers if this thing is uh, gets signed and, and everything goes in the way it looks like, and and deservedly so. Uh, you know what? Exactly. Uh, they they are they have been uh, working on uh, 2007 wages for a long time, um, and and I hope that this this starts a trend where we have realized how important the public school teachers are in this state, although there's been some rhetoric that makes me think at least one party is not all that familiar with how important they are. But I, I congratulate them on doing this. This was largely Republicans that pushed it through, and yeah. I, you know, Democrats yeah. took, it, took it in there too. But I, I congratulate them on doing this. It's well-deserved for all the teachers. Well, I think, you know, you, you had Greg Reed, uh, the Senate President Pro Tem. You had uh, Nathaniel Ledbetter in the House. I think you... You had Bobby Singleton, Democrat. You, you you had uh, you had uh, uh, boy Albrecht, Greg Albrecht, <laughs> Senator Greg Albrecht yeah. pushing yeah. for this, and yeah. that, he's, he's a big player down there. And so this is a very very good thing. That's about uh, time. And it, it, it's time. If you know how to read and write, thank a teacher. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. That's a, and and uh, for God's sake, thank them for their patience for yeah. dealing with. We're surrounded by educators yeah. here in Etowah County and for their patience in dealing with other teachers and with dealing with parents and dealing with children. They really do an amazing job. Susan, we got about a minute and a half. Uh, there's some lawmakers getting on the airwaves on talk radio and talking to about four or five people on talk radio and saying that their, their, their bills that will do damage to the state and damage to the people of Alabama, they're just not getting put on the floor and they're just outraged that their pander bills are sitting in the shelf. If you've basket. been around this game for any number of years, you know that there are bills that are going to be out there. They're going to be flashy. They're going to be talked about. They're going to be argued about. And they're designed to die in the last few days. And they can kick up dust and carry on. But their whole purpose was just to give the people something to chew on, something to get them into a primary with, well, you know, he... He, he tried to do that transgender bill, but you know, they fought against him and, and it died. And it was, I mean, we'll get it next please. year, right, Josh? <laughs> Chasing hate. That's all they're doing. Chasing hate. Uh, you know, I mean, and that's, it's, it's a shame that that's what you're, uh, that's what you're after is you're after that you're, you're so shallow as a person that you can't rely on, uh, on doing good things to help your community. And so this is what you rely on is hurting people. Yeah. And that's what you're relying on with these things. You're relying on hurting people and, you know, that, that makes a certain segment of the population very happy, and those are the people that you're coveting to vote for you. And I think you really ought to examine yourself a little bit about that. Well, I, I think we're going to have to end it, but did you have something, Susan? No, I'm all good. I, you know, I think, it's, just, it's just the same old stuff, different year. Well, there you go, same old stuff, different year. All right, you've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us, because we watch them.